Welcome to the Digital Aircraft Secrets Podcast. I'm Mark Schultz, your host. Aviation Professionals for Digital Aircraft Operations is a forum created to help our industry to progress forward into the full implementation of digital transformation and digital systems. Thank you for listening. Hey, everybody, it's Mark Schultz here, and we are live with another edition of Recovery in Aviation. I'm here with my co-host, uh, Larry Little. Good morning, Larry. How are you today? Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. Good to be with you again. Uh, 0500 here in, uh, in Seattle. Uh, good to be with you again on our continuing discussion of recovery and aviation. Yeah, I know. You'd, you'd probably be out rather flying your airplane this morning, though, right? <laughs> I, I would, but I think we got a cloud cover around 500 feet today. So, uh, all right. Okay. So you looks like you'll be on the ground today, but hey, we're here with a discussion of uh, LinkedIn Live of recovery in aviation. And our purpose for having these discussions is to be able to engage with leaders in the industry and have live uh, interviews with question and answer sessions about um, how we can drive recovery in aviation. So I'm um, here with uh, my co-host Larry and I, we uh, we like to focus on that. And Larry, you always like to tell everybody the purpose for why we do that. Well, you know, Mark, there's so much news going on and, and so and we read so much, uh, I guess you could just say bad press, if you will. Uh, that we try to focus on looking forward and what can we as leaders do to really change the shape of the curve that's being predicted that we get uh, people back flying again and, and you know and, and we get the the and we're all part of moving uh, the, the industry ahead yeah absolutely and so uh, we um, we really want to focus on on what we can do and how we can engage you know, in aviation and how we can help to drive the recovery in aviation. And as part of doing that, we, we bring to you um, uh, guests, uh, live guests, so that we can do some Q&A. Hey, but before I jump in and in introduce our guests, um, I want to tell you that, remember, this broadcast is live. You will have an opportunity during the broadcast to be able to ask questions, and we will uh, bring those questions up, and we will be able to answer them live. And you can do that right down in the comment field. And so if you have questions during the program, put your questions in. We're going to answer them live. Next. If I could ask you to share this broadcast, it's live. It helps get distribution. I see we got a lot of people that are joining. It looks like um, you know from all sorts of different places around the world right now, and uh, so I'm really pleased that um, we have such a good audience this morning. And if you'd help us out by sharing this broadcast, I would really appreciate it. All right, let's get going, Larry. Great. Let's go, Mark. Hey, let's uh, let's introduce our special guests here today, and um, uh, we have two guests with us today from uh, Oslo, uh, Norway and with a company called AFRI. We have uh, Heinrich Feld and we have Odvar Rickshem. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Morning. Fine. Fine. Thank you. Excellent. I'm really glad to have you with us. Hey, um, let me just kick this off um, so that people kind of can understand uh, who AFRI is and who you are. Heinrich, can you tell us a little bit about who AFRI is and what your role and responsibility is with the company? Yeah, uh, AFRI is a Swedish uh, engineering uh, consultancy company. It was founded in 1895 in Sweden. And since then, we have uh, accumulated uh, offices around 50 countries around the world, and we are totally 17,000 uh, employees. Now, you know, um, I, I know AFRI has been around for a long time, and a lot of people, if they go look online, they see they do a lot of things in civil engineering. So they also have an aviation consultancy. Yeah, the uh, aviation uh, consultancy was actually acquired in November 2019, uh, and it was actually as also a Swedish company that was merged into AFRI. Uh, the company we called Sereno and it was 35 consultancies within aviation and transport, and those have been now merged into to AFRI. 
Yeah, it's really a, an amazing company. They really do a lot of different things. It's great. Now you are you are based uh, where yourself? We are based in in Oslo, so we have our main uh, HQ in in Oslo. In Oslo, okay. And uh, but the the headquarters for um, AFRI is located where? That's in Sweden, Stockholm. In Stockholm, excellent. Well, it's so good to have have you guys with us this morning. Let me jump over to Advar. Advar, can you tell us what uh, your um, experience is or what your responsibilities are at AFRI? I'm working as a senior engineer here and a senior consultant, and um, I will yeah be working together with Henrik in aviation advisory and have different uh, assignments uh, in that area. Excellent. Now, um, Larry, uh, I think uh, you and Advar knew each other at Norwegian, didn't you? Yeah, actually, I had the when I was working at when I was at Boeing, I had the opportunity to work with Advar on some digital transformation um, things that they were implementing there at Norwegian. Uh, that's great, um, Advar. Uh, what did you do when you were at Norwegian? Well, I had different roles, uh, mostly in engineering as engineering manager, technical director in periods, and so on. And was actually working together with Boeing and Larry when we introduced the, the toolbox and um, maintenance toolbox in Norwegian. That's that's great. Uh, I, I know that I had my own self. I had some uh, opportunity to be able to work with um, Norwegian and, and some of the other airlines in that region. And uh, so anyway, let's um, let's jump to some uh, some thoughts about what's happening there in the region right now. Now, I know that that um, uh, there's been a really you know big impact on on aviation worldwide. But um, one of the things that we're definitely seeing right now is we are seeing um, an increase or an uptick in activity uh, in the EU right now. Larry, you brought this particular um, subject uh, to my attention here with Finnair, right? Yeah, you know, Mark, uh, we've been doing this for, what, about six weeks, and it just seems like every week there's more momentum about uh, airlines flying. And I think, uh, I really think in June and July, airlines across the world are going to be flying. This is from Finnair, you know, just uh, their traffic really increasing. And, yeah, uh, and um, uh, uh, Mark, I'm standing on this slide. Thanks for showing the slide, by the way. Yeah, the thing that's significant about this slide is that 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 line that says long haul network. So this means you know flying internationally again, which is uh, uh, really great to see. Lufthansa looking forward to flying internationally again. Hey, um, uh, for the for the two of you based in Oslo, is is that what are you seeing happening right now? Um, in your area with respect to aviation? Are you seeing any any changes or improvements or growth? What's happening right now um, in Oslo, Oslo or in Scandinavia with aviation? Well, we have the three major players in, in Scandinavia, which is SES, Norwegian, and Vidra, which is the last one is the regional uh, airline, the largest in the Nordics. Uh, for SES, there has been some news now that they're ramping up, starting to fly even internationally to, to New York. Uh, and the rest is mainly domestic. And Norwegian is flying uh, with a 7 8 uh, aircraft domestically uh, only. Uh, Vidra has actually announced that they will set up some new routes. I think it was like eight routes uh, from south to north in Norway because they, they expect that it will be increased demand for domestic travel due to the uh, well uncertainty about traveling abroad at the time being. Yeah, so Larry, you were bringing up, um, you know, some of the long haul activity that we were seeing from like Lufthansa and uh, Advar. You're talking right now about there being some, hopefully, some increased, uh, you know, regional or domestic activity. Um, are, are you seeing more increase in domestic activity in Scandinavia right now than you are uh, long haul? Um, uh, Heinrich, are you seeing any impact to that right now? 
Uh, no, we haven't seen that, but we, we see that, you know, the first of all, the domestic market would probably be the first market that will increase its its capacity and, and volume uh, rather than the, the uh, international flights. That's what we have seen. Yeah, and, and Larry, you grabbed this slide here. You said this was uh, Transavia, right? Yeah, you know, Mark, I just kind of put this, wanted to throw this one out uh, to see Transavia back flying again. But, you know, they've been grounded since... Uh, uh, since February, or I think since March, but to see them last week, they begin flying again. And I think, you know, we see the, the flight attendant there with a mask on is, is uh, just the new reality of flying. Yeah. Well, definitely. We're seeing some changes out there right now, but the most amazing and exciting thing is that we're seeing improvements, right? Like Larry said, is that every single day we go into the news and we see this airline is increasing this route. So we're starting to fly in June. We're starting to fly in July. You know, we've seen some traffic internationally. Now, look, we're nowhere near where we need to be, you know, in the industry for a full recovery. But, you know, recovery comes one step at a time. And we're absolutely seeing improvement in recovery right now. And so we are very enthusiastic about being able to engage in conversations like this because of, uh, of the growth and the changes that we're seeing. So I want to I want to shift from talking about what's happening in the uh, area or in the region to, to go, you know, have some specific discussions about AFRI and really what you're doing. So, um, Henrik, let me let me direct a couple of these uh, questions now starting, you know, coming to you. Is it can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing in aviation consultancy and and what is one of your uh, areas where you start with as far as um, helping people to engage in recovery? What is it that you do for for uh, for people that you do consulting with? First of all, uh, uh, A3 Aviation Advisory consists of, of uh, highly skilled uh, engineering consultants that has a broad experience uh, from various positions in different uh, airlines. Uh, so they come up with a broad experience. What, what we tend to do is that we, we tend to go into potential clients and, and look at potential, potential pain spots in, in terms of how they're organized, how the processes are uh, developed, uh, how well their maintenance are being done, um, and look at the cross-functional perspective. Uh, that's what we do. We, we go in and we look at the totality of, of their operation. Now, um, Heinrich, you uh, you explained to me, you know, one of our earlier discussions that you have this concept of maintenance excellence. All right, what what is that? What is what do you mean when you say maintenance excellence? But uh, our definition is probably numerous definitions, but the definition is to perform maintenance uh, to the lowest possible cost uh, while improving operational efficiency uh, without impairing safety, of course, uh, asset reliability, uh, and of course, compliance performance. That, that's what we have as a definition when it comes to maintenance excellence. Yeah, you know, um, Larry, when you and I have talked about digital transformation for a long time, you know, we've kind of identified, you know, for ourselves that we focus on four different pillars of digital transformation. And um, uh, Heinrich, you you had your own way of expressing that. And you told me in one of our first meetings that it was PTO. Can you tell us what, what is PTO in, in your perspective? Uh, PTO in, in uh, our perspective is uh, PTO, uh, Process, Technology and Organization. And this is this is the tripod that builds the whole organization that you can't just, uh, you know, invest in, in new technology without having the organization and the processes aligned with what the technology uh, will give you as an added value. Uh, and so that this is this is what we are thinking of when it comes to the PTO. 
Yeah. And, and Larry, um, you know, from your perspective, like I said, we focused on sort of the four pillars of that. What are your thoughts on the four pillars of digital transformation? How does that relate to what he's talking about? Well, you know, Mark, we've been talking about uh, exactly what, you know, what Heinrich is saying. The only the other one that we add in there sometimes is commitment. And, and that's part of the organization piece, right, is that you have to have commitment from the top to the bottom that you're going to make a change. And one thing that we've always talked about is the values, the value prop. And I think the value prop has changed now uh, with the pandemic. Yeah, we've we've many times explained it as belief, people, process and uh, technology. And this is just a, a different expression of that is uh, process, technology and um, organization. Hey, but the key, um, point, is, the key oh. point is, and I think Heinrich, you've said this before, you got to have all three of those or all four of those to make effective change, right? Yeah, he said it's like on a stool, right? If you have to have all three of those, right, Heinrich? Correct. Yeah. So, um, so uh, Heinrich, um, a couple of other follow-up questions, or let me jump this over to Advar if I could real quick. Advar, um, you know, you focus a little bit on processes and how they're being aligned to technology. Is, is it, uh, you know, the first one of those three, process, technology, and organization, um, one of your specialties is looking at process. What do you do looking at process yourself? Airline is very often uh, old-fashioned industry in many ways, and uh, many of the processes are not efficient. Uh, they haven't been looked for for years, many in many times. So they, there is a lot of job you can do to streamline them, to, to make it more lean, and make them especially most adapted to the new tools, which is digitalization nowadays, most of it. Uh, to try to, to use the tools that are available in a good way and not using necessarily the old procedures on, on new kind of doing stuff with new uh, tools. Now, Advar, you come from a perspective of engineering. Hey, Larry, you got a long background in engineering, don't you? I, well, yeah, I do. 40 years of Boeing, essentially, in the engineering <laughs> yeah. organization. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that kind of made me gray a little bit, I guess, but yeah. <laughs> Hey, well, you know, in, in your experience, is that when we look at engineering, what are some of the key areas that we need to look at? Maybe like service bulletins or things like that. I mean, when we're looking at engineering, you know, from your perspective, you know, what are some of the key things that people should be looking at, Larry? You know, I think Advar really hit the nail, uh, hit the head of the nail on the head when he talked about slow to change. Uh, and, you know, engineering and a regulated, regulated uh, industry, it, we've been traditionally been really slow to change and to be successful today, you're going to have to be a little more nimble than you've been in the past. Hey, I have a question, Heinrich. Um, if you guys have worked with airlines, you know, over the past two or three months since March, have you seen a change in urgency or, or a change in how um, your customers might want to adopt new technology or, or digital transformation? I think I think when it comes to, to new technologies, I, th I think many airlines now uh, have modern technology in terms of maintenance management systems or MRO systems. Uh, I think it's more or less how to utilize the current system to optimize your maintenance schedule uh, and optimize your, your processes in relating to what Odwai was stating, uh, the asset resource bulletin assessment, everything is connected. Uh, and, and of course, everybody's talking about predictive maintenance, etc. And it's how you can utilize the current system together with uh, subsystems or uh, to to uh, optimize even further and 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 this is something that we have seen that the system is there is is only how to use or optimize the current system 
So you're so you're seeing that people, you know, everybody has a existing IT portfolio. I mean, every single airline out there today has an MRO system of record and they have an entire portfolio of IT applications. And what you're seeing, though, is that many times they're um, underutilized is what you're basically trying to tell me. I would say, yeah, I would say not not underutilizing, but but the, the system itself, the, the the system and the processes, you know, the PTO process and and the technology is not aligned. So it is helping customers to to understand what is required of the processes to utilize what the technology is can or will provide them in the future. So what what do you mean by they're not aligned? What do you mean the process isn't aligned with the organization? Explain that to me a little bit more. I think Oldwar was uh, touching that that uh, that point uh, is that uh, many systems have been uh, have been in, in, uh, incorporated. The processes are probably are not being aligned from the first time the system was implemented. Uh, many times the system comes from a former legacy uh, system that they tried to tweak in tweak into the current or in the new system. Uh, so many times it's more or less the discussion about, okay, when you introduce a system is to take this huge discussion of what do we do with the processes uh, in, in general, uh, cross-functionally. And I can't emphasize enough about, you know, what is important of the, the cross-functional perspective when it comes to, to processes. As we all know in, in aviation, especially in technical operations, uh, everything is connected from engineering, planning, logistics, uh, the 145, everything is connected. So if you have a disconnect between those, those identities, you would have uh, insufficient process and uh, processes, and of course, the organization. We're we're constantly seeing uh, organizations, and this is always a problem, right? Is that organizations work in vertical silos, and we always see that you know maintenance doesn't necessarily work well with materials, and material doesn't work well with flight operations. And so, what kind of things do you do to help drive that cross-functional you know engagement? It's when we are out talking to customers and potential customers, for that matter, uh, is to make them aware of, of the importance of, of the cross-functional perspective. And, and often it, it, it is, is all about, uh, you know, if you have a efficient transition or a change, uh, you need to uh, do an assessment of your, your other uh, departments that are affecting your processes. Uh, and, and that could be network, it could be uh, commercial, it could be everybody that is, is uh, pointing towards your process again. You know, we, all four of us, we've been in this industry for a long time. And let me just be, ask the really frank question is that, you know, people, people know they need to do process optimization and improvement, but they don't do it. I mean, how do we, you know, how do we change that? How do we get people to actually engage in optimization in their organization? I think first of all is is that when you you know every, every change is hard, but it's nothing that constant as change in one way. Uh, but it's to have people understand that you know changes in terms of their own work, they will have more uh, better work days. Uh, they would uh, emphasize or focus on their main tasks like engineering. You have you know engineers, highly skilled engineers, highly educated. Of course, they want to work with reliability. They want to work with improving the the uh, reliability on the aircraft. Uh, instead of being you know slowed down by you know heavy processes, uh, etc. Uh, but it's to to communicate. And I think it's all you know change is all about communication. Is to from from top to bottom is is having the change. Uh, 
to be understood by age levels uh, and and why they need to do it. You know, um, Mark, there's, an old, there's an old cartoon, you know, that, that says, uh, ask uh, who who wants who wants change? And everybody raises their hand. I want change. And then the next scene is who wants to change? And then nobody raises their hand. But I think what's different now, what's different now is there's just an urgency. And if you, you know, um, and there's a, a purpose to change. And it's not just financial, it, it's survival. Um, listen, I, I was encouraging people at the beginning of the broadcast to bring in questions if they had them. And I like to try to address them as they sort of flow or come through. And so I think I'm going to just bring up a quick question. Um, you know, we, we have somebody out there who asked a question, uh, uh, Fahad Rannan. He said, uh, Heinrich is raising an important issue that we at uh, Norwegian Railways suffer with, um, missing optimization of maintenance process and low utilization of our MRO system. Um, how much of a problem is that, uh, Heinrich? I think I think it, it it's it's a problem which is out there, uh, and it's all about how the, the the senior leadership is is taking responsibility of of looking at okay what's what's the main pain spot here, uh, and of course having a, a MRO system it wouldn't solve your problems. Uh, you need everything around it to be in place, uh, and and of course at the end of the day. It's the senior leadership that needs to take ownership and and having the the levels below or you know people working around with our consultancy companies uh, to to help them achieve what is required of them to to make this change and of course what Paul is also raising here is that is is something that we have seen I wouldn't say it's a it's a huge problem I would say it's a it's a an issue, a challenge, I would rather say, a challenge that needs to be addressed uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, the, yeah, the utilization of the systems. Yeah, I think we end up seeing that in a lot of places. Advar, you were talking about that with us a little bit in our pre-discussion where, you know, you said that people kind of have this attitude of um, it's always been like this and it's difficult to make change. Um, Advar, what are some of the things that you focus on in an organization from an engineering perspective when you're trying to look for opportunities for change, what are some of the factors that you're considering? When it comes to especially uh, airlines, which I've been working on most of my life, it's, uh, uh, you can take an example. You have an electronic system for everything now. You have electronic task cards, you have electronic, everything is processed through the MRO system electronically. But even then you print out a ton of paper and you sign it and you scan it back again and make it electronically. I mean, it's a, it's a disconnect here. You have a very good system, but they are not used at all in, in that respect. So so you brought up the, the idea of focusing more on, on electronic and on digital. Larry, you asked this question a little bit earlier about are we seeing an increased propensity or movement toward digital? Um, Larry, can you dig in with these guys a little bit about uh, what's happening with respect to digital and how things are maybe changing a little bit? Well, I, you know, um... So it's a good it's a good question mark and a, and a good point I, and I just think you know again in the past it's been more about financials and can I can I afford to change change my processes but now uh, there's just a more of a, an urgency to change to adopt new tools and, and to adopt processes and I think you know I've already talked about this uh, uh, airlines around the world have these tools but they don't use them to the full extent or, or, or reap the full value of some of the electronic tools that they have. Yeah. 
Yep. And Larry, you, um, you know, for those of you that might know Larry's background, Larry was involved in toolbox at Boeing. And for those of you that may, may, may or may not know that term, toolbox was the system which was basically used to manage documentation and materials and a lot of things like that, um, you know, at Boeing. And so, Larry, you, you, you helped uh, with the implementation of some of their mobile, you know, um, tools and things uh, within Boeing, right? Well, actually, I've already had the opportunity to work with you to implement the uh, delivery of maintenance information on a mobile device, the right information at the right time, at the, you know, to the right to the right place, and that was that was fun to do at uh, with you guys at, at Norwegian. But I guess you know it kind of goes back to um, I, I and I just would like your guys' opinion again on uh, you know what's going to happen. We I think things are changing, and, and do you guys think that that we're going to see faster adoption of, of new technology, or are it more people and processes or Heinrich, how do you see the kind of the priorities as we move forward over the next six months? That's a good question. Uh, but I, I think I think when it comes to to the companies now being in a position where they are now, uh, I, I think it, it, they're probably sitting there and, and asking themselves the question: So what what should we do? What shall we do? Uh, and yeah, right. and I think that uh, at the end of the day, it's more or less the senior leadership needs to to point out the new direction for the companies. Uh, but it's, it, it will be hard because. You know, trying you know from a subdivision like, for instance, technical operations or uh, yeah, others, uh, trying to understand okay, what what is required from us uh, to to uh, follow that new vision or strategy, uh, and if it's difficult, so I, I think more or less that is is down to back again that many of the companies have a system which is good, um, probably, and 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 in terms of that sit down and go through that okay what what's required of the process what needs to be changed and, and you know our experience is that often these discussions are not in in usual operations not being discussed uh, but now use the time to to ask those questions i think that's a great point you know we have uh, airlines are beginning to fly again but you know we have a, a large resource of people that you know are not they're not employed full time, so here's a great opportunity to use that 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 knowledge. Now we've we've seen some operations that have been really struggling, of course, worldwide. You, you know, especially because of the, the economic downturn in aviation. But um, you know, some of the airlines all have different operating models, and uh, we had a little bit of a discussion previously, um, Heinrich, um, about uh, the cost basis for some of the Scandinavian airlines. And, um, you know, the, the reality is, is that some of them are struggling right now. Can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, what can they do to to address that? I mean, how do you change something when you have a cost basis that's too high? How do maintenance costs come into play? Can you talk about that a little bit? It, it's, it's difficult to, to talk about what the different companies are thinking of right now. But uh, but, uh, but I, would, I would say that uh, the cost base, uh, in, of course, in Scandinavia is, is, is high. And, of course, Having operation uh, based uh, in in Scandinavia, it gives you a higher cost level, of course. Uh, but it's, it's more or less uh, having uh, efficient organization would also help you to lower the overall cost. And it, it is different operating models. Uh, you can do it in house. You can do it outsourcing, etc. It's, it's different from different companies. Um, but but I, I think it's it's down to having control of your operation. 
having control of the change, having control of the operation, will at the end of the day give you uh, a lower cost. And of course, you know that uh, that uh, the, the, the engine contracts, airframe uh, contracts, that the, uh, you know, it's, it's expensive. And having that process, you know, learning from your operation, take that or wisdom into account and, and make your contracts better, make your operation better, etc. Um, who would be your key customers, you know, from an aviation consultancy, who would be a customer you'd be going after? Airlines, MROs, who? In terms of uh, free aviation and transport, uh, we are uh, willing with, with airlines uh, in Scandinavia. Uh, we do also have uh, other transport uh, customers uh, in, uh, in railway, in, in, uh, in trains, in uh, bus. So we are, we are covering the whole transport sector and that's, that's something which is for us is very uh, interesting because we don't we only see one issue in an airline we see them also in, in other sectors uh, so so we have a broad uh, customer base yeah I, I that's, I just a, have to... that's an interesting view is, is I think you know we talk here a lot mark about airplanes and people are people going to get on an airplane again but are people going to get on a bus again are they going to get in an uber again are they going to get on a train again they're all really you know Creating that confidence that people can travel across the travel value stream, if you will, is is uh, is a tough it, it, it is our challenge. Yeah, you know, um, uh, I had an opportunity not too long ago to uh, spend some time in Oslo and some of the the surrounding areas um, in Norway, and I have to admit, I was very impressed with the efficiency um, of the operation um, of the operations, whether they be air or rail, and uh, just the transport sector, and so. You know, um, I'll just say, Heinrich, is, is that I believe that, uh, you know, people in Oslo like yourselves and in Scandinavia um, have done an outstanding job of addressing efficiency. And I would, it would think that, that um, applying this more broadly to companies and this knowledge that's been acquired and this excellence in this area um, has tremendous opportunity. I mean, I've seen some really uh, quality um, implementations. And so, you know, I'm really, I think you have a great opportunity um, because of the mindset toward quality of applying that into transportation today. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, uh, so 121 operators, 145 operators, MROs, trains, planes, you know, those kind of things, you're, you're operating all the way across the transportation industry then, right, Henrik? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's really good. I, I see you have tremendous opportunity, you know, to do that there today. So um, as we continue to move on, uh, let me just comment to people again out there that are watching. And um, if you have uh, more questions, go ahead and submit them. You know, we'll uh, we'll try to address them. But uh, let me um, let me bring something up here. Is uh, uh, upcoming? I understand that you have um, a webinar that you're doing, and it's actually tomorrow, right? Is that correct? Uh, tomorrow at nine thirty CET. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, nine thirty CET. And um, uh, what is the purpose for that webinar? What will you be talking about and discussing? Actually, we will be discussing a little bit what we have been talking about today, and, and that's to utilize uh, a maintenance management system called Amos. Uh, there's a lot of uh, airlines and, and of course customers of ours that, that uh, utilize or use the Amos system. Uh, and tomorrow we're going to talk actually about uh, the reliability capabilities that Amos uh, can provide, uh, and it's to, to, to broaden a little bit about the experience of, of how to use it, uh, what they can utilize in the mo different modules uh, that uh, Amos provides, because it's all connected. 
uh, and it, it wants to, to broaden the horizon uh, for uh, whoever that wants to participate in this webinar about the capabilities that, that uh, Amos uh, holds. And, and it kind of ties back to what you guys were saying earlier is, is that many times people have tools and they could be utilized more efficiently or more completely than what they are today. Is that what it focuses on some? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Okay, great. Good. And if someone wanted to participate in that webinar tomorrow, um, it's a little bit different of a format. It's more detailed and it's specifically toward that subject. But how do they how do they register for it or how do they engage in that? They can actually go to uh, the A3 web page uh, and under the aviation sector, they can go into the uh, the uh, webinar for or the app for reliability uh, capabilities of, of Amos and they can press register and they're in. Okay, great. Well, listen, I tell you what we'll do for those of you that are watching, if you want to attend that tomorrow, when we're done with this broadcast, I'll post the link in the comments and you guys can uh, go to that link and you can engage. Hey, it should be a good discussion because if you're an Amos operator or if you are wanting to know anything about um, better utilizing your own MRO system within um, aviation, it'll be a good discussion to focus on that subject. Thanks. Yeah, good. Well, I, and I would also add, Mark, and I think you said this, Henrik, is the value in today's world of mobile and, you know, how, you know, that's just got to be the way that, that people do maintenance in the, in the future is using these mobile devices. Good, good. Hey, um, let me uh, let me shift to one other question. Is is that one of the things that we try to do in having these broadcasts with people is we uh, we try to to leverage the knowledge that we have. Listen, we have people all around the world that Larry and I have been interviewing with so much experience in aviation, and I like to leverage that to be able to bring out you know advice from people. Um, then what what their advice is on how companies can can accelerate recovery in aviation during this time. So I want to start Heinrich with you, and I wanted to ask you a question is that if you're a viewer out there today and if you're a company that's thinking to yourself, what do I need to do to accelerate recovery in aviation? You know, what would your advice be to that person as a, as a leader in aviation? What is your advice, Heinrich? My advice is to use the current situation and do a thorough analysis of, of uh, your current state and of course the future state of where you wanna be in, in uh, the next couple of years. Uh, and of course, it's difficult, uh, especially in these times, to know where you're going to be in, in three to five years. But it's, it's about, all about starting to go through your, your own backyard in, in terms of, again, uh, the process technology or an organization and, and have an open uh, mind in, in terms of change. Uh, communicate uh, with uh, leaders and uh, employees about what is required, having the organization to be a part of the change, to have them to come up with ideas of how to change, what we, what we need to change. I think that's, that's the key. Uh, of course, every change can't be realized without a good communication from each level in the organization. Hey, and uh, um, a follow-up question, Advar, at a more detailed level, is that your area of specialty is engineering, all right? If I were to ask you that same question, if I'm a leader in engineering, and if I'm saying what could or should I be doing right now to help um, accelerate my recovery or to put my company in a better position from the standpoint of a cost basis, you know, what would your advice be to people watching today in engineering that what should we be doing to help accelerate recovery during this time? But I'm sure that there are a lot of areas which you can improve when it comes to engineering and planning and the, and the whole process. 
as I said earlier, we are doing a lot of old-fashioned stuff. There is still a lot of things you can do to go into and to have the same level of quality and safety, even higher, because you can get rid of a lot of manual processes uh, and you can you can have a much more sufficient uh, or I mean efficient uh, uh, operation and procedure if you really dig take your time to, to dig into them and, and streamline them. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, um, let's uh, let's start drawing this conversation to a close here, Larry. I want to throw this back to you. Is is that at the beginning of the broadcast today, Heinrich talked about process technology and organization and how important that is. Tell us again, kind of your perspective on digital transformation and what are those four pillars of 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 importance in digital transformation? The importance is they all have to work together. That you can't just focus on technology or you can't just focus on the organization. Or, you know, you have to look at, at commitment, technology, people, and the, and, uh, and, and the organization all together um, as one ecosystem, if you will, to, to really uh, um, implement a change. What's different here is that we have a crisis that also provides a motivation for change. Yeah, I, I've found that over the years that, you know, I've told people is that we have an opportunity to save a lot of money or to be able to increase revenue. And, and many times our constant state operations cause us to just sit and not make the changes that we need to. But because we have certain events that are driving change, like maybe the need to drive a change in our economic cost basis, or maybe we need to drive more digital in the process. This is your opportunity to make changes in your organization. And the implementation of digital and the implementation of process improvement, you know, has the ability to make an impact in our operations. And so, you know, believing in what you're doing, people being engaged and the process and the technology, all those four things being put together can drive digital transformation and to drive us into a digital world. And now is the time to do it. And you guys from AFRI are really making a, a difference um, all around the world in a lot of different sectors and in the aviation sector specifically, you know, you're positioned really well to help people to be successful in doing that. And I see the background and the skills you guys have, and I'm looking forward to being able to see what you guys can do and help people out to be successful during this time. Gentlemen, um, I want to give you a last chance. Heinrich, any last thoughts for anybody out there today? No, I would say that uh, that uh, digitalization will will not uh, solve every a single issue uh, or your challenges uh, out there. Uh, again, referencing Larry again, uh, it's it's all connected. Uh, process technology organization is connected, and of course, that the, the change management is utterly important to to emphasize on when when you do these changes. And of course, AFRI could, could assist uh, with, with the knowledgeable engineers, uh, very well known to the aviation sector and also the transport sector. So if people want to reach out to you and if they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Is it by email or by LinkedIn or what? how should they get in touch with you? Yeah, LinkedIn is, uh, is perfect to inmate. Okay. And uh, is it okay if they reach out to you at this email address here? Sure, sure. Okay, well, very good. So listen, if uh, if you if you'd like to get in touch and continue this conversation with Heinrich and Advar, um, reach out to them on LinkedIn or reach out to them um, at this email address. If you want to get in touch with Larry and I, you can always reach out to us um, on LinkedIn or just go into Google and search hashtag digital aircraft and you'll find out all about what it is that we're doing. 
Hey, we are very excited about our ability to engage together one another with people and to be able to accelerate um, the recovery in aviation. That's the whole purpose for what we do is, is to continue this conversation, get some good ideas out there, leverage the knowledge that's out there in the industry and help one another to move forward in our recovery in aviation. So I want to thank you guys. Um, Larry, Heinrich, Advar, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, thanks, thanks guys. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate your perspective, your company, and uh, from your region of the world. And um, I wanted to ask people to continue to join these broadcasts. We, we generally do them on Wednesdays and Fridays, but sometimes this the timing works better. They had this uh, webinar coming up tomorrow, and so we wanted to let you know about it and let you see some of the things they're doing. Join that webinar that they have. I'm going to put a link into the comments here, um, and so you'll be able to do that, register for that tomorrow. And with that, I will say thank you, gentlemen, for joining today. And I'm looking forward to working with you in the future. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. I'll close the broadcast as I always do, which says fair winds and following seas to you. And have a great day. Bye. Hey, wait, don't go away yet. We have a lot more interesting information to come. Hey, I really appreciate you watching this broadcast, but in order for us to continue to bring this to you free, we have sponsors. I'd really appreciate it if you would just listen to our sponsor and then we'll get right back to the podcast. Thanks, I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Digital Aircraft Secrets podcast. Digital Aircraft exists to promote safe and efficient worldwide air transport Aviation connects the world. Aviation connects us as people. Join the conversation on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook at hashtag digital aircraft. Let's help the aviation industry be a thriving place for all of us to reach our dreams.